You know, I was um, I was talking with Pastor Jody on on Monday, and you know, she says, "Hey, are, are you interested in, in bringing the the word this Sunday?" And I kind of asked her, "What what you know? What should I what should I bring? What do you have on your heart for me to share?" And and she said, "Well, you know, just you know, be praying about what you want to what you want to give, and and you can kind of pick the topic." And and uh, she's like, "Just just preach it like it's the last time you ever preach." And I said, "Okay, the Songs of Solomon, it is." Uh, <laughs> Because my, my kind of joke is my last sermon series will be a song on Solomon, or the Songs of Solomon. And uh, her response was, um, well, if you do preach on the Songs of Solomon, it will be your last Sunday preaching here. So, <laughs> so if you can understand the Songs of Solomon, you, you'll, you'll get that one. Um, but she, she sure loves you guys, and, and we're excited to, to get her back. But, um, you, know, when, the, you know, when I was, again, when I was, I was, pre- or I was uh, praying with the pastors this Tuesday, not unsure, you know, quite unsure what I was going to preach on this, this Sunday. And, and, um, you know, the Lord, the Lord put one word on, on my heart, which was perseverance, perseverance. And, um, boy, this week was, was rough. I got to tell you, ever since I got that word on Tuesday, it was just been one thing after another, one thing after another, bam, bam, this issue, this problem, this thing, this just completely overwhelming me with just in, in complete reminding of my inadequacies. <laughs> and I mean, there, in every part of me, there, there was just this, this fleshly response to just be done. Just wanting to push away. You know, I, I work, uh, I'm co-vocational, which means I have a, another full-time job and on top of ministry. And, you know, the, every part of me was like, you know, it'd be so nice just to do my nine to five and hang out with my family and just watch movies at night. And, you know, it, it was that initial reaction just because of how overwhelming life has been this week. And how many of you have been there where it's just like, boy, this, this needs to stop, please. Like it's just over and over and you're getting messages and just, you're just like, I can't, I can't control this. I can't do this. And of course I get the word a few days before this, this perseverance. So, you know, I, I know God is going to do something huge today. And if you're one of those who is just getting bombarded with things and you're just like, I'm overwhelmed and I can't do this. This is a message for you. And if you're feeling right now, you know, life is really good and manageable. I want you to remember this message. Okay. I want you to remember this message because there will be a time when you need this. So let me start just by, by paraphrasing that. And then really, I want to share a story about a good friend of mine. His name was Cameron Levins, or his Cameron Levins. <laughs> his name is Cameron Levins. He, he's an Olympian. He, uh, he runs for Canada. And he was a good friend of mine in college. We uh, came in together as, as track athletes, as freshmen, and, and we developed and we spent five years together at SUU running track and field. And, and he was a distance runner and I was a sprinter, but we were still friends, despite our differences. And there were a few things that really stood out to me about Cam. Because he would not only develop into an amazing athlete, he would go on to win the, the national championship for all of track and field. And not only that, but he would go on to win the Bowerman Award, which is the Heisman Trophy for all of track and field in the country. But a few things that, that really stood out to me about Cam. First off, he, he ran everywhere he went. And if you've ever been to Cedar City, it's a very cold, blizzardy, windy place. And that guy would be out there with a beanie with gloves on with just his short shorts running around in sub-zero temperatures. 
He ran everywhere he went. He had to get what's called his mileage in. It was very important. They all had a mileage goal to hit. He was devoted to that. Not only that, but he was disciplined in his diet. I used to have lunch with him every day and even dinner sometimes in the cafeteria. And, and I would be there grabbing ice cream and burgers and just, you know, I'm trying to get as many calories in me as possible, but he was very, very direct about what he put in his body. His diet was, was regulated. He, he knew how important this was to succeed. He knew important that what he put in was what he was going to get out. And then he cut things out that were going to slow him down. You know, I would go over and I would play video games with these guys in our downtime. And, you know, he had this, this giant Garmin watch on his wrist. You guys ever seen those? They're, they're massive. They've gotten a lot better over the years. But that thing would go off and he would be like, I got to go. And he would drop everything and he would begin his mileage. He would start running. He just lived in running shoes. Everywhere he went, anything he did, if he had to go somewhere to go to the grocery store, he would run. And he would just calculate these mileages. And if it was time to go, he did it. If I was in a conversation with him and he goes, you know, okay, I got to go. I got to get my mileage in. He was, it, it was a, a strong priority in his life. And he cut out the things that would distract him from accomplishing that goal. And over the five years I knew him at SUU, he, he went on to his senior year and did the things he did. He ran a, a sub four mile, which if you're a, if you know what that means, it, it's a, it's an amazing line mark in track and field to be able to run a mile less than four minutes. That's about as fast as I could run in one lap four times, okay? He go on again to win the national championship. Teams like Oregon and, and these big track schools were blown away with this small town boy from Utah. Well, he's from Canada. We claimed him in Utah who did these things and then go on and, and win the, the most prestigious award in all of track and field. And then be able to run, I think this is the second or third Olympics yesterday. It's pretty amazing to watch and, and uh, to be able to, to know him and be a part of that was special. But when, as, I, as I look at that, I look at Cam, I see perseverance. It's a character that I think about when I think of his, of his name and what he's done. And the Christian walk is a lot like running a marathon, isn't it? There's a lot of similarities between running and the Christian walk. And to make those similarities, it, it takes a life commitment, doesn't it? Like Cam, he was, like, he was devoted to this and he ran everywhere he went. It takes a life commitment of being devoted and always running where we're at. It takes proper intake, doesn't it? It takes a proper diet. What are we intaking that we're going to be able to then outtake? in our lives, like he did. He was focused upon the importance of, of having a good diet. It takes sacrifice. You know, there was parts of Cam that he wanted to continue to play video games with us. He wanted to, to go out with us and, and, and talk to girls. And he, he wanted to do that stuff sometimes, but he knew this was important. He knew it was more important for him to get his mileage in because of his life, of his goals of, of wanting to be where he was. And he knew there was great promise and great reward at the end. The Bowerman Award, the Olympics, the national titles. Just like us, we have a great reward at the end of our race. We have great promise at the end of our race. And on that note, I want to start in, or jump into our, our key text here. I'm going to be walking you through Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. So follow along with me as I, as I read this. 
says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So in this idea of running and racing and and track and field, I want to first talk about the great cloud of witnesses, why it's important that we, we remember this. Well, it's important because we must know that it's, it's possible to finish our race. A marathon is 26 miles, as I was corrected on Facebook. I think I put 24. I'm a sprinter. I don't know these things. But we must know that it's possible to finish the race. And it's only possible a lot of times to know is if we know who people or we know people who have actually finished it before us. And the Bible is full of people who have finished the race. This is why it's so important to know this word, because in it we get encouraged by those who had build, been built up in faith and finished the race. It's a daunting thing to think about running 26 miles, isn't it? How many of you would go, I could do that right now? Maybe there's a few of you in here. No, I couldn't either. It's a daunting thing. You look at that and go, you know, I just, I can't do that. It's too big. It's too large. It's just too far. But in a cloud of witnesses, we get some insight into the fact that, yes, we can run the race. Because we know people who did it before us. You look at Hebrews 11, the chapter prior to this, it's a list of those who finished the race by faith. One of those is Noah. In Hebrews eleven seven. it says, By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. So everyone around Noah was thinking he was crazy, Right? Everyone around Noah was, was, was making fun of him and shaming him. Like, this is, this is crazy what you're trying to do, Noah. It seemed impossible and daunting, and the task seemed too large. Like a marathon as we look ahead of us for the next 26 miles. Yet by faith, he was spared, wasn't he? By faith, he completed his race. By faith, he, he walked forward in that accomplishment of, of faith. And even in our our modern day, we can look at people who have finished the race. Christians before us who have finished the race and finished it well. I think of my my grandfather. I called him Papa. I'm named after him. Kelly Herbert. I I try to keep that on the down low a little bit. Kelly Herbert is my name. I'm named after this individual. And he was a a powerful man of faith. He was a, a rancher. And they were in Arkansas and all of the the cattle that they owned went bad in the market and lost everything. But just since they they moved from Arkansas to California with with really nothing and had to start over completely. And he had to get into a different industry. He was like in laser leveling and things like that. And and, and by faith, he was able to, to keep moving forward. 
And he'll tell you that was the only thing that got him and, and my Mimi through was really understanding that God is good and by faith, he will get them through this. And at 93 years, I think it was 93, in the 90s, he rolls out of bed and begins praying and goes to be with the Lord. That's how I want to go. I want to go rolling out of bed, praying and going to be with the Lord. And when I think of a cloud of witnesses, I think of my papa as well. Someone who ran that race by faith, had the obstacles, had the moments of saying, God, why? I don't want to do this. Why is this happening? Yet he still ran his race and he finished well. So the race ahead of us can seem daunting, especially if you're looking at the large obstacles, especially if you're looking at the distance that you have to go. But I mean, you know that the run by faith is is really just one step at a time. The lamp into our feet, a lot of times is just that next step. And it's faith because we cannot do it ourselves. And that's hard for us. In the season that I'm in where I, I, I'm just completely overwhelmed with the things that are going on in the ministry and things that are happening with Pastor Chase and it's just all kind of piling up. The only hope I have is that I'm dependent on the Lord to get me through this. So finishing the race is possible, but it's only possible by faith. It's only possible if we are dependent on God. If you try to run this race apart from faith, and you think about the imagery of, of track and field, and you'll end up stopping on the middle of the track in the middle of the race and sitting down and saying, I'm done. Or even walking off the track. How many of you be watching the Olympics and think, wow, that would be a really unusual thing if one of the athletes halfway through the race just stopped and sat down and said, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. By faith, we're able to finish the race. Because we have evidence that God can get us through to the finish line. We have people who come before us that God has empowered by faith to finish the race. We have people in our lives that generations before us, we can look at and go, man, that that person finished the race well. God was, God was with them. He was for them. He, he got through all of that with them and they finished the race. So we're encouraged by that. We're encouraged by the fact we have a cloud of witnesses of God's goodness, of his faithfulness, of his unfailing love for us that we can be encouraged by. And the writer continues, he says, let us then throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. You know, this idea of throwing everything off that hinders, you're probably wondering why I have my heavy, heavy weights over here. These are at least 100 pounds each. No. But that that literal meaning of throw off everything that hinders is literally throw off the heavy weights. That's what that that phrase means. And so you put it in the context of an athlete, like the Hebrew writer is doing. It's someone who's trying to run with heavy weights. Like imagine trying to sprint with these, even though they're five pounds, I wouldn't get very far. 
Or even like a backpack of burden with these things in there. Have you guys ever seen somebody try to run with a, a backpack full of books? It's pretty funny. They don't, they don't go very fast. And it's awkward, right? And when you think about heavy weights and what we're, we're doing is we're, we're putting them down. We're saying, man, I, I don't want to run with those anymore. Those are wearing me out. I'm slow. I'm tired all the time. And the picture that we're seeing here is our burdens, our shames, our guilts. Maybe they're distractions. Maybe it's our, our abilities to try to give value by the things we do, by our works. And we're just not seeing things pan out the way we want. And we're like, God, I'm doing all this stuff for you. Why aren't you just fixing it? Maybe it's the crowd we're hanging out with. The Bible does teach that bad company corrupts good character. Maybe that's a heavy weight we're carrying. What are the distractions and hindrances? What are these things that are weighing you down that are not allowing you to run your race well? That are disabling your ability to run? Because when you put the weights down, it's liberating. Run a lap with a backpack of 50 pounds and then run a lap without a backpack of 50 pounds and tell me that it wasn't easier. Tell me that you didn't have to strain as hard. That's the picture we're seeing here is throw off the heavy weights that are hindering you. Run freely and liberate it. Run quickly. And then it says, the sins that so easily entangle us, throw them off. Sometimes we think as Christians that we just have this immunity to sin. That it's just, you know, we don't, we kind of lose respect for it a little bit. Like, I, I can't really get back into that. But what we read here is that it so easily entangles us. And again, put it into the context of a race. Sin equaled in destruction all the time, whether that be tomorrow or 30 years from now, the sin will always be rooted out and found out. And it will cause you to trip in your race. I mean, if you've watched a race and the runner has tripped and fell, it's a sad thing, right? You feel bad for them. You're like, man, that's, that's really hard. And you may fall. And this, this entangled sin may cause you to collapse on the track. You might stumble and get scratched up and bruised. And the lie that will happen to you in this moment is you need to stop. You need to stop running. Or, hey, just walk off the track. You're done. That's the lie. There's a, there was an Olympian this year, a Dutch runner named Safan Hassan. And she had that moment happen in her race. She was running one of the long distance races in a heat. And she tripped and fell. Went from in the middle of the pack to the back of the pack to dead last. She could have walked off the track and said, this isn't fair, I tripped, I'm done. She could have just stood on the track and, and complained about this terrible thing that just happened. What she did is she got back up and she ran and she won the heat. That the entanglement of sin does not define your race unless you let it define your race. Unless you say, I'm done. 
And the way that the Lord works in our races is that you are never out of the race. Get up and go. No matter how you're feeling, no matter what your flesh is saying, get out of the race. Because I'll tell you what, there's been multiple times this week and times before where I've wanted to just give up, where it was too much. It was too overwhelming. I felt completely inadequate. I don't know what to say to this person in these situations. And it just seems so much easier to just throw it all to the side and go watch Netflix for five hours. <laughs> but this types of things is showing us that we don't give up. We throw off our heavy weights. We throw off the sin that so easily entangles us and can make us fall on the track. But we get up, we throw it off, and we keep running our race. Distraction-free. Running for that finish line. And how do we do that? It says we fix our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. You know, when you watch a track athlete, watch their faces and watch their head. A lot says about this area and a runner. If they have a relaxed face, which is what we're supposed to do, they have a relaxed body. They run faster. They're not tight and tense, right? So they usually see their cheeks kind of wiggle because they're so loose, right? Their eyes are, are focused on what is the, the hurdle ahead, or it's maybe even just, if it's a hundred meter runner, it's the finish line. They're relaxed, focused on the direction ahead. What they aren't doing is they're, they're not looking around either. If you really want to go fast, you, you're not doing this when you're running. Okay, you're not trying to figure out where's everybody else at in my race. Because guess what? You're going to fall down, you're going to hit something, or you're, you're just not going to go very fast. So often we're tempted to want to see where's this person at? Where's that person at? What's around me? Is there a javelin flying at me? You know, you're just so tempted to want to look. But a good runner will know that it's important to keep focused on what's ahead. And again, their eyes are fixed on, on the direct thing ahead. If you, if you watch the 100 meter, just the one straight, you'll see that head does not move on these runners, and it's directly at that line. doesn't matter what's going on around it. People are falling down, people are whatever, but they are fixed right there on the end of that road, on the end of that meet, right there on that track. And this is the exact picture that the author is giving us here. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Understand that he has you. You can, you can run relaxed. Your face isn't going to be all tense in your head back, right? This is not somebody who trusts Jesus right now. This is probably the thumbnail they'll put on YouTube. That is somebody who's like, I'm tense and I'm, you know, they're just not going to run very well. This is not somebody who wins the race. You can see it. When you watch races, watch the people who are tense their heads back. They're the ones who are not winning the race. They aren't looking around. They're not distracted by the other things that are going on, right? They're fixed on Jesus and their eyes, more importantly, their mind isn't wandering around all these other things. Running is a mental game where you're fixed on the point that you're trying to reach. 
because running is as much mental as it is physical. So fixing our eyes on Jesus means that we are trusting in him. No matter what's going on around us, no matter how inadequate we feel, no matter the overwhelming feelings we got, we're relaxed in him. Where we know that by faith we'll be seen to completion. We aren't distracted by all the things of the world that are going to try to slow us down or even make us stop in the middle of the track. We are fixed upon the finish line because Jesus is our goal. Jesus is our success. Jesus is our achievement. And the reward is eternal life. The reward is a a new resurrected body to live forever. That's the goal. That's, That's the fixing of our minds and our hearts on Jesus as we do this. And through that, something happens to us. There's a faith that is built in us, just like we heard about the story with Presley. Through these things, we are developed into stronger faith people. We run the race stronger than we did yesterday. He builds us up in faith as we run. The things that were supposed to take us out, the things that were supposed to knock us off the track, are the things that the Lord uses to make us stronger. Did you ever think about that? That we are built up in faith when we have to actually exercise our faith. And that requires dependency. When we realize we can run further than we could before, when we realize the things that made us struggle a year ago are not making us struggle today because we are running stronger by faith. We can hurdle things that we couldn't yesterday. Things that used to trip us up no longer trip us up. We are stronger and we are able to complete our race all the way to perfection at the finish line. Running is all about building up endurance, building up strength. There's Christians here who have been built up and are running and are running strong. And we're like, man, that, how do I keep up with that guy or that girl? And it's through these types of things. It's through the overwhelming experiences that we go through. It's through the times of wanting to give up, the times where we want to quit and we get up and continue the race. Because it's really bigger than us, if you think about it. If you tied that back into a cloud of witnesses, who are the three, four generations from now going to be talking about? Who are our kids going to be talking about? Are they going to have a cloud of witnesses of a generation before them that ran the race well? What about our grandkids? Is my grandkid going to be telling stories like I did about my papa, about persevering through the the hardships and enduring the race? And then we have the ultimate example. The writer says, because the joy set before him, this is Christ, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In Jesus, we see the ultimate marathon runner. Greater than anyone in Hebrews 11, greater than any one of us who's been saved since then, because of what he endured on the cross. 
Look at this. He was willing and lovingly endured the cross for us. And there was a moment, wasn't there? There was a moment in the garden where he said, I don't want to do this. Take this cup from me, he says. He understands where we've been. It's okay to say, take this cup from me. I don't want to do this anymore. This is too hard. He knows that and he understands you. But look what he did. He went for the joy and endured the cross for us. And he rejected the shame of the cross. He scorned it. The cross was the ultimate shame in all of the ancient world. Made for the worst of the worst, the failures, the slaves. It was was the lowest of society. And our king went to that for us. In fact, he scorned and he said, you know what? That's not the end of the road. I am going to go and sit at the right hand of God in all authority in heaven and on earth. And I'm coming back. He endured that. He finished the race so that we could be brought into the kingdom of God. He says, and in verse three, it says, consider that. Remember him who endured such opposition from sinners. Imagine the things that Jesus endured by people. Not only just the crucifixion and everything that led up to it, but talk about the the betrayal that he experienced. The gossip that he must have heard about. The things that people said behind his back when he was walking away. One of the most delicate things that I've ever, you know, I read in scripture and something that comes to mind all the time is, is when thousands of people were following him. And he says one hard message and everybody leaves. And he looks at the 12 and says, are you going to leave me too? That is somebody who understands the scorn of a sinner. Who's been in the position of, of wanting to say, this is a lot. This is hard. But consider him who endured those things. Remember him when he he endured those things, when we endure those things as well, because we're going to go through it. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Because every part of your flesh, when you're overwhelmed and tired, and beat up, and the world just keeps hitting you from left and right, every part of your flesh is going to want to sit down on the track. Every part of your flesh is going to want to walk off the track because you sinned and you fell down, or the weight are too heavy. And in those moments, consider him who endured all of those things. Consider the the greatest marathon runner of all who finished the race so that we will not grow weary and lose heart because it's worth finishing. It is worth finishing well. Not only for our walk, but for the walks of those who will come after us. We got to get out of this mindset. It's just about us right now. That we are running a race for the kingdom of God, which is ever expanding cross-generational, over and over again. 
Our priority must be to finish this race well and finish it strong to persevere. Think of all that Jesus endured to bring salvation by grace through faith in him. Thinking of you. So as I I wrap up here, the thing I want you to walk away with more than anything else, if you walk away with one thing tonight, it's take heart. Take heart knowing that he's going to get you to the end of the race. It may not feel like it. You may not even want to get to the end of the race at this point. You may think of a million other things you'd rather be doing. You may think, boy, I just want to get back to the good old nine to five and just live out my life, just have fun. But that type of mindset is sitting on the track. A type of mindset is walking off the track in the middle of a race. Things that we'd say, that's crazy. If you, if you saw it in that kind of imagery. And I, I know it's hard. I, I know this week has been tough. I got this word on Tuesday and then it just hit every single day this week. It's by the very power of God, I'm even standing here with you. Because I didn't, there were so many times I just was, I'm, I don't want to do this. This is too hard. I can't, I don't have the energy to come and, and stand up here and, and give two messages about perseverance. <laughs> but I want you to take heart knowing that you're not alone. You're not running this race by yourself. That when Jesus says to to never leave us nor forsake us, he means that. That's something that's a promise. That when you're laying on the track entangled in sin, that he's still right there saying, get up and run. Cast off the heaviness and go. The urgency is there. And then we have a people, a body of Christ who's there to love and support and cheer you on. To say, get up and go. Run the race. Because it's so worth it to get at the end of this race and for our Lord to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done running the race. Because he gets it. He knows. There's nothing that you can share with him that he doesn't get. That he doesn't, that he did not feel himself here. Will you stand with me as we pray? You know, we... We want to finish well. I know in our minds we want to finish well. I I know in your heart you want to finish well. But take the time to prioritize finishing well. Okay? Cut out the things that are not going to let you finish well. Run away from the sin that's going to entangle you to fall on the track. It's not worth those things. The kingdom of God is, is so much more valuable than anything that we want to hold on to. So let's pray. Father God, we want to lay down our heavy weights. 
Lord, this, this might take radical, life-changing action to do. This might mean cutting people out of our lives. This might mean hanging out with different people. This might mean complete routine changes in our life. But without it, we're dragged down, crawling along a track, wondering when this thing is going to end. Or we're just giving up and walking off the track, saying, this is too hard. Thank you for not doing that for us. Thank you for not giving up on us. Thank you for not sitting down on the track saying this is too hard. Lord, give us the perspective we need to lay these things down. Show us how we're not only just convicted of our sin, but we're repentive of our sin. That we take radical action to run away from it. Lord, show us in our lives where that is. Show us where we're heavy burdened. Show us where we're entangled in sin so that we can run liberated, free, fast, relaxed, fixated on you. No more distractions, no more worries, all of the, the things around us that are trying to catch our eyes. Help us to be fixated on you, focused on you, dependent upon you in every area of our life. If any area we are not surrendering to you is a weight that we're trying to carry ourselves and it's slowing us down. It's disabling us to be able to be the people you want us to be and, and, and really need us to be here for the world, to see the world saved, to see our, our families come to know you, to see our communities come to know you. So help us to be the marathoners we are. Build us up in faith through every obstacle, through every hurdle, through every hindrance, through every wall that we have to climb, everything. Lord, all these things will be used to build us up in faith. And Lord, be with those who are really struggling right now with perseverance. Myself included, where you just are overwhelmed. Every, nothing seems to be going right. More and more problems are coming up with no solutions and you don't know what to do. This is the time of perseverance. This is the time of endurance because we will come out of this stronger. We will come out of this greater because of you. We will be able to run further than we ever have. We'll be able to hurdle things we never could before. Build us up and equip us in the things that the enemy intended for evil, you intended for good and for the salvation of many lives. So right now, I just take a minute in your heart. Work with the Lord on the things that need to be let go. The sins that may be entangling. and let him go. Remember him who endured. Remember him who endured the shame of the cross. Remember him who endured the, the, shame, the scorn of sinners. 
all so that we could be incorporated into the kingdom of God, have relationship with him, to know him, to love him, to be strengthened by him. Thank you, Lord, for the work you're doing right now. In the lives of those here and online, you're reminding us who you are, reminding us that you are a powerful witness of the race to be won. Thank you, Lord, for the freedom that is found in you. And let this be a new day. That today we are a people who run the race well, burden-free, running from the sin around us so that we can keep our eyes completely fixated on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. Amen. Amen. We'll get some food. If you need prayer, we'll be available for you. God bless and run your race well.